0: Good morning, good evening, everyone. My name is Abhinav Agarwal, and I am the curator of the Indic Book Club. to this uh, latest edition on the SET Book Club. But we have been running this weekly series since November of 2020, which means we've been doing this for close to six months now. And uh, the intent is to help Indic, uh, uh, you know, Indic writers and IBC writers improve their craft and art of writing. And we do this by, uh, by having you, asking you, requesting you to submit short pieces up to 800 words in length and uh, send them to Otis in a particular... Format Mm. and what Otis does is he puts his uh, trained academic professionals, uh, uh, you know, hat on, and he uh, he evaluates those pieces. He sends the feedback in. uh, uh, You know, he marks up your 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 PDF. That was a wonderful act and he sends that feedback to you. And then in this Sunday session, he'll take those pieces. He'll, uh, you know, he'll walk us uh, through them, uh, you know, elaborate on some of the feedback he has given as well as take this opportunity to give a bigger picture also in terms of, you know, some of the things you should think of and are writing from, you know, the, the point of view, the narrative the and and other good things. Now, before I hand it over to Otis, just one other word, which is that last week, for those of you attended, uh, Imjeev Shif Kumar, who is the curator of the next uh, uh, anthology being planned, which is on the lesser-known characters of the Mahabharata, and he has selected, identified, uh, shortlisted 10 authors whose works will be included in that collection, and uh, the intent is to use these sessions to, uh, to have those writers send in some writing pieces, and there's a terrible echo, I'm not sure who it's coming from, I would request everyone else to please go on mute if you're not already. Aha, uh-huh. and we have a culprit. So, uh, and I, and from what Otis tells me that he has got a lot of, uh, you know, pieces, so that's good, uh, We probably most certainly won't have time to go through all the pieces today. However, Otis said that what he will do is go through some of the pieces, but before he does that, he, he'll sort of, you know, give a big picture in terms of, uh, you know, general writing guidance that would help and would probably be applicable given that, uh, you know, all the 10 uh, stories are going to follow a certain theme and pattern. So with, that i will turn this over to you uh, with the last piece of uh, uh, info that uh, these sessions are recorded and we make them available after a couple of days on youtube uh, so you can follow us on twitter at Indic book club and you can follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Indic book club and uh, over to you otis uh i've
1: just one clarification so there are two anthologies uh the lesser known characters is the one I'm working on. And then Shiva Kumar is working on the uh, Indic women one.
0: Oh my, my bad, yes, uh, sorry. Yeah, so uh, yes, two anthologies, you know, two is better than one. Uh, aditi on the lesser known characters and Shiv Kumar on, uh, on, on Indic women uh, you know, of uh, substance. Yes, uh, my bad. So we have not uh, one, but two anthologies, 20 stories and possibly 20 authors there. twenty-five authors. So uh, I'll go quiet now and over to Otis. Otis, okay,
2: um, okay. So yeah, I w- <laughs> this is great. Okay, it, it, what do they call it? An embarrassment of riches. So the, this week with the anthologies, uh, apparently those you know uh, working on the anthologies put the word out to send you know a short excerpt beginning advantageous uh, and they sure did start coming in. Um, I I began, I did, you know, my, I, I had my schedule of course already. So, so I was trying to keep up with my general schedule, which is, which is a little hectic. And uh, so I did not uh, get to all the, but I began reading into them and <clears throat> myself at a certain point because I saw the as I say, the writing on the wall that I was not able to complete all the pieces. I I thought about you know what what might say that might be applicable to a lot of the pieces to with, to kind of throw that back at one maybe, to get them to maybe um, rethink a little bit themselves about what their approach is and what the purpose of this work is. So I. I, I don't have an exact method and all, all of all, of you write, oh, that you, you go over and you do things in whatever order. And then finally what we do when we write and when we revise is we, we sequence our events. So I'm not sure that I went into this exactly perfectly of wrote into basically trying to answer the question, what is a story, right? Because that's the thing that, we, that we're trying to produce. So what is it? What is it that we're trying to produce? Um, what is it that we're trying to get on the page? It's a story is a dynamic action action that involves the in the dynamic action that takes them from A and dynamic action to point B. Essentially, what a story is, is a character intersects with an event, is the antagonist force, and it achieves an outcome. But we'll go into that a little quickly in a minute. Um, then I thought, uh, since, so there's two anthologies, um, the the story conversation, I realize is sort of writing into it and writing some notes that I will bring up onto uh, our screen in a second uh, applies to all of us. We're always writing stories. It doesn't matter that we're writing you. It doesn't matter if we're writing um, about, you know, uh, lesser-known characters of the Mata. It doesn't matter if we're writing a non-piece. It doesn't matter. It's all be a story. It's all be this basically a uh, what what we can call what we sometimes call a conflict, regardless of what we think about that term of a character or something, an entity of some kind, coming to bear on something else. Right? An idea, another character, a natural disaster, and then it's a result of some kind. Basically, it's sort of ridiculously simple. One plus two equals three. That's basically what a story is. It's a very simple structure. Um, but I but uh, because there are so many works that are involved with these two anthologies, lesser known characters and women of the Mahabharata. Um, I think I got that right, if I did. not um, That I might, be <clears throat> talking about uh, what is the, I class those categories as minors. Okay, so there's major characters, and there's minor characters. And so I'll, I'll go about explaining that. But the first thing I wanted to sort of try to address was why do we write about minor characters? So let me share my screen. Um. Okay, you see my screen, it's a PDF that I've made with my notability. Thing We sometimes have problems sharing my notability, so and then I just made a PDF and I put it up there. Okay, you can see my screen? So... Yes. Yes. What is the purpose of writing about minor characters? This is um, actually, for me, it's like such a profound question. Um, so the way I begin talking about is that in stories generally, one or more characters are in the conflict. So, however you want to think about it. If you're thinking about the Maratha, there's some centralized characters, um, Arjun, Arjun, um, I think. Um, In later on, I'll talk about the great Gatsby, there's Nick as the POV character or Gatsby. There's certain people who are framed and we'll talk about that they are the protagonists. And what that means is that they are the actors, basically. They do stuff um, in the story. And they basically face uh, forces of antagonism that obligate them to engage in yet more actions, you know, depending on how the story goes. So they're framed, they're central. As being central, as I say, so in stories, one or mortars are framed. Um, let's see something here. Do this. Okay. More characters are framed. Sorry, this is... Oh my gosh, I don't know what my my thing is doing. Okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm stopping doing that. Okay. In story, more characters are framed in the conflict. As actors, their humanity is centralized. So there are complex characters that have... Um, they are treated as complex, having both an external struggle, okay, this is something that we can note for ourselves, okay? So the this, the protagonist has an external struggle, it is that they want something. It doesn't have to be complicated, it can be they want money, they want a job, they want a, a, a girlfriend, boyfriend, they want something. So that's their external conflict and they're trying to get it. And... They have an internal struggle, an internal conflict, which is a subconscious need. This makes them complex. Minor characters, generally, because they're not framed, their motivation is not really dealt with in the story. They just come in, they're just minor characters. They come in and they say, you know, the main, the, the main character's right down the street. And he goes, we're in the bank. And the minor character goes, uh, that way. Okay, we don't, know the, <laughs> we don't know the minor character's motivation. We don't know why they pointed that direction and not that direction. We don't know what motivates them to help this person. We don't know what motive to maybe, you know, turn them in the wrong direction. We don't know any of those the minor characters. Their life and motivation is the page. They just come in, they serve their role, they disappear, basically. Maybe they come in again at the end. Hey, aren't you that guy I asked where the bank was? He's like, yep. You lied to me. Why'd you lie? He's like, I don't know. I didn't know where the bank was, right? Minor character's gone. Okay, so minor character came in and then came done. So this is the issue with minor characters. And so I'll tell you, I have... I have a long, long intellectual writing struggle with this idea of minor characters, okay? I think every writer probably does. As I was becoming a writer, I seemed, to, I seemed to come to the conclusion that I was a minor character. That's what I thought. I was like, wait a second, I'm a minor character. I'm a minor character in other people's lives. And I even wrote a story called Minor Character, and it was me being a minor character in everyone else's life. Um, <laughs> they seemed the hero. And I seem like the person that said, ah, that's the way to the bank. <laughs> and then I you know, um, but the other place where this really hit me strongly was uh, reading the novels of Jane Austen. Okay. So minor characters are treated inhumanely, basically, by storytellers. This is the point, um, it's not it's not done maliciously necessarily i'm not saying that it's just that the the writer the the the, the universal consciousness if you will <laughs> what it is that makes a story happen is just not really considering everybody and my my greatest example for this is jane austen novels okay i read the jane austens I, I i'm I love them. I even like the movies as I see them. Centralized whose novels are, for example, Emma or some of the other characters. You know, uh, I was going to say Holly Golightly, but she's in Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote. Anyway, Centralized is a character um, it, here, but in the Jane Austen novels, you notice these people—they they eat. They often are eating, but nobody's cooking right? No one else is in the room. They're drinking and they're having more things. They're, they're doing all these things uh, and enjoying this kind of lavish lifestyle, even though they're, apparently they're vying for money all the time and there's people with estates and they're doing all those things. But if you read it, okay, if you see the movie, you'll see other people, right? But if you read the book, Those servants, the servant class, a whole class of human beings don't exist. Does that make sense? They're minor characters. So minor, in fact, that they don't even exist. A little bit later in this, I'll bring up uh, another place where I I think of this that might be kind of applicable to the Mahabharata. So in the Judeo-Christian tradition, of course, we have Abraham and Isaac. I think about this a lot. We get that story from Abraham's point of view, basically. Oh, he's tried to do this thing, take his kid up the mountain and then, you know, sacrifice him. Okay. I mean, that's difficult, right? But it's not as difficult as for Isaac. Isaac is the character in that story. Right, we don't get Isaac's point of view about how they're grabbing him one day, tying him up, and starting to haul him up the mount. Get that story? There's a story we don't get. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I want to do it. like I'm giving, giving a lecture here. Uh, anyone? Anyone? Okay, we don't get Sarah's point of view. Sarah is the mother of Ooh. Isaac in this case. Yeah, go ahead, Abana. So one, you know, uh,
0: as you were saying this, a couple of questions struck me. So, you know, minor characters, yes, I can imagine that, you know, if there is a novel or story with with no minor characters, it might feel a little sparse. Or in some cases, I can imagine a minor character serves to advance the story or to, you know, for, for, the, for reasons of plot. But is there more to minor characters that we should be aware of?
2: Well, I, I just, right now, I just want to develop what essentially what a minor character is, because what we, ha- what we have, if we're going to be writing minor characters, is we have the problem, basically, of taking a minor character who is not dealt with complete humanity, right? They're just sort of a function, basically, within the story. And actually, if we're going to write a story about them, we must elevate to complete humanity, This is our problem, okay? And actually you're kind of pointing me to the central issue. It's really a question of what you want to do. So if you're writing an anthology, I mean, this is, I'm not, believe me, I'm not imagining this is necessarily an easy thing to talk about. We can't stories about minor characters without elevating them up to humanity because it will not be a story. This is our problem. So, if we take minor characters and we simply write about them in their same subordinate position as they were already depicted in the story, right, we're not writing a story. That's the problem. Because a story humanizes the central character, the main character. So, we're taking a minor character and elevating them up to the main character. And therefore, we must humanize them in order to write a story. This is it's so funny. I was thinking about this. It's like, I'm not doing, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know, it's not me. I don't want to, I don't want to rain on anyone's parade about what they can do in a story. It seems to me that this is just universally true. This is just, this is what a story does. Story centralizes a protagonistic force and it makes us empathetic to their, their human struggle that presupposes that it must be a human struggle and then they're not a minor character. Going back to to my, my evolution as a writer, yes, I was writing, I wrote a story called Minor Character. And I wrote it, it was kind of a long piece in which everyone else's point of view was there, but my central point of view was never there. And I would come in, I don't know, it was bizarre, whatever, but what you come to realize You know, and this was part of my evolution is that all major characters in our own story. There is no other choice to it. We're the character in our story, we're the actor in our own story. And so, if we write about the Myers, we have to make that happen. We have to make the major character uh, with full humanity. So, I want to say I mentioned the Jane Austen novels, but you probably recognize yourself from. In, in India, right, colonial literature wouldn't, but there would be an absence of Indian characters perhaps, right? The Indian characters are minor. They're not centralized in the colonial literature. Um, Greg Gatsby is a little bit more complex in a sense because Nick is the POV character. He's the one who sees Gatsby. In that one, Gatsby is uh, made as, a, as kind of a central figure but he really isn't a central figure. The point of view uh, character, Nick, is the central figure because Nick is the one who has an experience and changes. Okay, so mark that. That, That's an important point. The central protagonist, they are the protagonist because they, remember I said, a story is character meets event, achieves outcome slash resolution of some kind and that is a change in character. So what we find, right, if we're, if we're trying to take a micro out of a story and basically write them as a central character, is that they weren't treated as human beings in the first story. So we don't know who they are. We don't know why they did something. They did something, right? That's the way to the bank. They did something. But we also don't know the outcome of their of the event for them because they're not on the page. They're immaterial in a sense. So we we want to first we have to know this character in a deep, complex way. We have to illustrate the event that takes place. And then we also have to deal with the outcome. And both of those things, the understanding of the character, right? The event we might know, right? It's in the Mahabharata, for example, right? This thing happened. Um, the press said yes to the marriage proposal, right? Okay, so we have that event. So we know that, but we don't know this person. And then we have the event and then we don't know the outcome, right? And those are the things that we have to deal with and we have to imagine those basically. And this is where it gets tricky, right? If you if you find that you're in a situation in which you don't feel like you can imagine the, the greater complexity of character and imagine the potential outcomes for the human being of the minor character, you have a, you have a problem. That's a conflict for me that's created by, not, I, it's not created by me, it's created by the demand of story, what, what story does. And so I, 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 offer, I just offer it to you for now. OK, so I wanted to give you if if you're thinking about constructing these stories about minorities, I want to give you a couple of great examples. <laughs> OK, <laughs> to me, the greatest example of this is Tom Stopper's play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Ridiculously amazing play. I just noticed because I had to look up how to spell Gildenstern that it is available on YouTube with Tim Roth, um, seemingly completely. I don't know. Maybe you have to rent it. But anyway, if you have not seen it, it's amazing. Um, another great example that's been hugely influential in my life and going back. So Mahabharata is a is an ancient you know story. You know, perhaps out of an oral tradition, an epic. You know, it's an epic. This is an example, John Gardner um, right here. Uh, Sorry, I don't have anything on now. Gardner, um, he was a professor uh, at the university that I went to, SUNY Binghamton, and I stupidly, because I was an undergraduate and too much beer, did not even take a class with him. I mean, what an idiot I am. So anyway, John Gardner wrote Grendel, which is a retelling of, um, oh no, no, please don't. Beowulf. Um, Hogarth. Well, thank you, Beowulf. <laughs> it's a retelling of Beowulf from Grendel's point of view. So in, in Beowulf, Grendel is a minor character. Well, Grendel is the antagonist, so a major character in that. But we don't know Grendel's point of view. John reversed that and writes Grendel's point of view. That's making Grendel the major, that's making Grendel the protagonist. And now, um, Beowulf, <laughs> Ogar, <laughs> I forget. Uh, now, now, the human beings are the antagonistic force against Grendel. A very, very illustrative example. Um, I, I can draw upon the Iliad, of course, I know very well be like to to write about minor characters it would be like writing in the Iliad from Helen's point of view right so in Helen's point of view right now in the Iliad simply stolen by Paris but if I were writing Helen's point of view I'd probably start with her being pretty uh not happy with uh is it Menelaus or whoever Menelaus or the other king uh, Agamem- no not Agamemnon anyway so <laughs> Aditi's laughing at my incomplete knowledge of Uh, epics um but i'd be writing about hell okay so or i'd be writing about hector who's always been my favorite character in the iliad he's the guy that comes out and basically fights achilles who he has no chance of defeating i mean talk about a story that i care about much more than the story at least um or writing about paris what about that guy i mean i think i know the type I think I know the type. Um, anyway, uh, the the way that these stories are done, and this is particularly evident in the Stoppard play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern is done, is that it basically takes a story that you understand and it looks for where these minor characters intersect with that, story. right? So that's part of the larger cultural. But what the writer needs to do then is write the other parts those actions understandable and part of their story. So here I write protagonists and minor characters intersection with the protagonist. So here, that little thing, that little thing, the little X's there show the points of intersection that you can consider. So in Hamlet, we have the Hamlet story, which is not dealt with at all in the Stoppard play. We actually, during the the period where Hamlet's offstage is brilliant. Oh, I saw her. Unbelievable. You know, we know what happens in Hamlet. So that's happening off stage. And we have uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are just sitting there talking. They're like, what's good. What are we doing? Where are we? And then they're like, suddenly they come in, they say something and, uh, Oh, brilliant. So anyway, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, them doing nothing. And then they intersect and they do their small part. They do their small part. They do their small part. Their small part. Um, Stoppard then writes the entire story. I don't I don't know if you can see my cursor. So we're following them, right? Like I'm saying, they're sitting there, then they do their part, then we follow them again, they do their part, follow them, follow them. That's the story we're writing. Oh, that separated this. So if I was writing about Helen, I might write Helen's story, and then I get to, you know, Paris says, come on, what 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 do you have to lose? Let's run. We can run now. We love each other. And she says, OK, that's for action in the story. right?" Now I follow her. She's gone back to Troy. Maybe it's not as great with Paris as she thought it was going to be. But then, oh, guess what? There's a whole bunch of troops there. They're blaming it on you, on me. They're not blaming it. It's not me. It's because of the trade routes, she might say. OK, and then we follow and we go someplace else. Um, and here I'm ending with this idea of Abraham and Abraham, right? So in, the, in that story, we get Abraham's point of view, but we're not understanding Isaac. We don't have him playing with his toys, whatever he has, his toys. So I'm like, oh, hi, dad. What, what's happening? <laughs> why, are you, why are you grabbing me? Where are you taking me? Ah, you know, and then up the mountain he goes. Um, we don't have Sarah's story. Sarah was, Sarah, you know, oh, what's that? Abraham, what are you doing? What on earth are you doing? And he's like, be quiet. You don't get to say what happens. Um, so that's a little bit of my conversation about um, what it is to write about minor characters. But I go back to, so in, in a couple of the pieces that i read So far, it seems like, and and I want to recognize that I I appreciate that there can be a conflict and a a difficulty with taking the step to really route the minor, making making the minor character who is a human being and not treating them as minor anymore, but treating them as central. I think that that is the issue. And that's what's required in order to write a story that is going to be compelling about that character. If you take that character and you're simply just bracketing them and basically giving them in their same subordinate position, right? So, you know, a person who is essentially not motivated, who does not engage in complex internal and, uh, internal and internal struggle, you if you don't if you don't treat those issues, then you're just really bracketing. You're you're just getting them as minor characters and that, that's maybe more like if you had a, if you had a dictionary of, you know, the characters of the Mahabharata, then you could have all of them and, you know, you could say exactly how they're represented in the book and that would be kind of a literal representation of who they were in that book. But the other side is if we want to take them as writer and write the story about, then we have some other options. Um, So I'm gonna stop that now. Um, I um, I'm happy to share those notes to I mean, draw up something more uh, formal. Um, so let me think. Let me think. Oh, uh, and any questions about that, or you know, trepidations? A DT Ashvan. I'm a little. Feed, I don't want to feel like I'm.
1: I, I think it's it's, think it's really it's helpful really, because it's. I, I think one yeah, of I the concerns is because the Mahabharata is a is a sacred text, so there's always a fear of uh, meddling with it. But I think the point that you make is a crucial one, which is it can't just be l- even looking at the events of the Mahabharata through this character's point of view, because if it's just about those events, there's still that minor, minor role. role. But it's really but it's making about really the minor character and not about the Malapartha through the prism of that minor
2: character, right? right. That's crucial. Right, right. So, you know, right, to the, to the point of, like, in our own lives, none of us are minor characters, okay? So, so like, Helen, for example, when she, she, she doesn't think of herself as her when she decides to flee with Paris, right? It's not a minor character in her life doing and doing that action and none of us are whatever that those actions might be and that's basically when the frame in the story is that protagonist is antagonistic uh response um but it's it's uh it's still because it falls into this you know kind of difficult area if i were writing the story of uh you know, of of Sarah in the Abraham and Isaac story, you know, there there are some people who would say, what do you mean? There is there is no story of Sarah, right? But I, but I say I think there you know and that's that's what I that's what I would have to do. Um it's it's actually I do understand not an easy easy thing to do in, in more ways than, than one. I mean, you could just look at it in terms of that issue, right? Um, but it's also difficult for us as writers to do that, you know, to to get to this where we can sort of release ourselves from, from some of the, I want to say like the authority of our understanding and go to a, another place of imagination which is, I think, a deeper priority. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I think we have to trust ourselves a little. And then our responsibility is to do the work as well and as well as we can. We can't do it better than we can. So we don't have to worry about that. So we we shouldn't worry about that. But if we do take on the task, let it as well as we can. When when we when we attempt to capture a character and write a story about them, we just want to do very, very best really try and capture their humanity. Doing less than that, that that's this is where I, I really fall sort of aesthetically. We should never we should never do less than that. We always have to do our very best to truly capture the humanity character we decide to frame. Because then otherwise if we do that, then we're just using them. And we should not ever use <laughs> um, maybe I, I will um share this time I, I'm I I guess I'm I guess I should admit that I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit worried because this is obviously a lot of weight, I I understand, and I'm a little bit hesitant maybe to look at people's pieces individually right this moment, um, because I don't want to wait to fall on anyone, you know, specifically. Um, So, Maybe if you can if you indulge me, I would talk a little bit about what a story and that's something that not only for these anthologies, but just for everyone, including Rom and his reviews, you know, to bring into the picture because are <laughs> so helpful to me. Um maybe I can talk about that for a little. Bit. Putist me... uh, uh, one yeah. one other question
0: or or observation. So you know you said that a story has to humanize uh, uh, the characters, right? And minor characters present a uh, uh, somewhat of a dilemma or a challenge on that account, because uh, the, the you know the book on which these minor characters are based may not have enough material for someone to uh, uh, you know quote unquote humanize these characters. Uh, how, I mean, are there successful examples of how, taken from these epics, uh, uh, you know, in, in uh, uh, you know, these uh, Greek epics or, or otherwise, uh, minor characters have been given their due importance or they have uh, been elevated beyond or above what the, the original text had without kind of, you know, distorting the, the, the essence of the epic itself? Uh, if that uh,
2: makes sense. Um, well, I, I don't. I don't have a better example, and than. Um, well, well, I think this play. I mean, obviously, Hamlet is not a sacred text. I mean, it is in some ways, I guess, but um, in the Church of Shakespeare. Um, but that was a tremendous job because it it actually, but it's, it. I just read this, so I don't really know what absurdist means. But when Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are off, the, are involved in Hamlet, they are just sitting there basically nowhere. So that's the, <clears throat> that's part of the, I, I think in a sense, Stoppard is dealing with, you know, some of the things that you're talking about. You know, they, they are characters being used in a story. And he's taking that on in a sense. I think that Grendel, um, again, it's, there's, a lot, there's a lot that happens when we change the point of view. Um, it's, a, it's a tremendous change. Um, Grendel doesn't damage the epic of Uh, Beowulf. It responds to exactly the same textual elements, but it tells it all from Grendel's point of view. So that changes the entire thing, because now it's no longer about Beowulf being the central protagonist. It's about Grendel being the central protagonist. That switch of the protagonist <laughs> Once you realize uh, it's it's uh relatively mind-blowing, you know. Um it does it I don't have a good answer for them. Um uh, There are I'll, some So others. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll well, let me let me let me maybe start by trying to give an example. Okay. So one of the pieces I'm not I'm not drawing it up right now, but uh, you'll, you'll know probably the princess, and I feel like I've read this story, but she is, um, she's basically allotted to there's going to be a proposal from Bhishma, I think, and then, but she's going to maybe go back to a, another um, <laughs> um But anyway, she's depicted as Vain. Okay, so in, this, in the story, she's depicted as Vain. That the perspective, let's say the Mahabharata, I would imagine is coming from that, that she's beautiful, but she's vain, perhaps, you know, but if we're treating her as a character in a story, we can't treat her as vain, I mean, people are not just vain, they are human beings who are engaged in strategies, according to their context, in order to get wants, and you know, we we have to make her more complex, essentially. We actually this is where where what I'll get to here in terms of the story. We have to understand and depict her motivations. In a sense, she can't just serve. Right. I mean, it's like the it, it, it's a little bit like the, the, the events in, uh, in in Jane Austen. They're, they're so they have no motivation. They don't even show up. They don't even have to show up. We, we don't find out that they have, you know, a family of five that they're feeding at home, and that they're accepting the orders of these people who are so um, abusive to them because they need to feed their family and they don't have a choice. We don't get to know any of those things. So, really, what we're doing is we're we're trying to show that motivation. And, and Abhinav, maybe, maybe, maybe the answer to your question is, so when you're a minor character, that motivation is not shown. So does showing that motivation change the text? That's the question, maybe. I,
1: I was just going to add there. There are some novels by um, Madeline Miller where she, takes a character of Circe of or um, Patroclus uh, who's um, a companion of Achilles, and she tells the stories to characters. characters so for example, in the Circe story, Odysseus is just a minor character who takes up a few chapters of the story, but a lot of the story is taking place off screen in what we see um, the the odyssey. Um, the odyssey but that's one way of doing it, so maybe it's putting these characters in situations that are not in the Malaparatha and trying to imagine how they would be in those situations, which can be kind of freeing because then you're not feeling confined to the text, but you get to know the the character and and figuring out the part of the story that's not depicted and using that to enter enter the story.
2: That that's a, that's a choice. That's definitely a choice. I mean, you could take a character and just have another scene, in a sense. But th- what you're describing with Cersei, you know, that is there's a chapter that shows the intersection of the story we know, which is sort of grounding it into this cultural context. But then we have all these other stories. You could actually not do that. You could have Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, right? You know, when they're as their boyhood friends, we still know the whole. Hamlet. We still all know that stuff, but we're just concentrating on them and, in effect, humanizing them. Um, or you could, or you could work with this idea of intersection with the story that you're that you're drawing upon. It's that that. Would, um, yeah, those sound like good examples. Um, well, let me. With with that in mind. I guess this is this is probably the, the main thing I'm I'm trying to address, maybe. And it might be, you know, it's a good time at the as creating these projects that um that taking on this project means pretty much writing with these characters as central. And so uh rather than reprinting the text that You know, this is another question for us. It's like reproducing the text that everyone knows. What are we bringing to it, right? What is our our addition? So we want to, we as writers want to be relevant. We want to, we want to bring something. And that's what we bring is some sense of our artistic intent. This is a little description of, um, is this sharing here? It says, what is the story? So these are just my quick notes. It is. So, as I said, a uh, plus event equals a change of resolution. This becomes, this becomes rele- relevant again to these minor characters. We'll see that the tag, who is the antagonist in the story? Who is that central character? The answer to that is the who will change, right? That's kind of a tough thing to do. That's a little narrator, you know, magic there. But the protagonists, we've decided in the beginning, the ones who are going to enter into events and they're going to come out the other side transformed by those events. That is the story arc. That is, a, that is an essential element to story. I don't know if I have to go a lot about why that happened is not a story, but maybe I'll just say briefly that uh, this, is, this is my metaphor for it. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is changed by the experience of hearing it, it doesn't matter. The character, the protagonist, is the vehicle for the reader's uh, the reader experience. And the reader wants to experience an event peacefully and, non, and not in peril. They want to experience and, and be by it psychically. That's why there comes to our work. They want that change they're not coming to our work to read things that are irrelevant to their lives, basically that don't matter. And so the way we work with stories is we create this protagonist in which they have an experience that does change that the reader rises with that experience and experiences it through verisimilitude. And they're also changed and transformed the story leads us to, I read this and I, and I cannot look at the world the same way again. That's, a very positive result of work. And in fact, what happened to me when I read, for example, Grendel, it is also what happened to me when I watched Tom Stoppard's play. I could not look at Grendel the same way again, because I could not look at characters without uh, humanity. That's what occurred to me. Grendel. I could not look at the antagonistic force as a monster. Right, because that depiction. So that was revelatory. So uh, character plus event is a conflict. Conflict is two things, right? Uh, The character and the event is the force of antagonism. It could be a person, a natural disaster. It could be this, that, or the other thing. Basically to create the greatest dynamic force they should be diametrically opposed. I want money. This bank, I do need to give it to you. <laughs> I want money. Okay. Diametrically opposed. This creates the greatest action. We need the greatest diametric opposition on the page because. At the end of the day, we're doing words. So words don't hear me, right? So we need to have some things behind those words that are, that are, that are forceful and, and, as I sometimes say, drawn with thick lines so that the reader will feel, it. because creating a feeling in the reader is the point of our work. Okay, as I'm here, the point of view character is the one who will change. Um, and then this is going into some things I already, The complexity of the point of view character is created by two things that are essential to the story and the story arc. We stand the point of view character's struggle. Meaning we, want, we understand that they want money, for example, but we also understand them, the point of view character subjectively, meaning that we have insight into them and we can um we understand why they're they're trying to get this thing, even if they don't admit themselves. Let's take, for example, um the the character who is depicted as vain so we might see we might see that she is teaching actions to look good what we understand internally and subjectively is that she's doing those actions because she fears being rejected because reject means um, that she's used to her family useless to The world. So we might understand those two issues. So now we just we don't see someone is vain at all. We see who wants something and wants something for a complex emotional reason. And that makes her human. um <laughs> you see my arrow i didn't quite think of things in the right order okay uh, uh we witness events um oh so okay so i was going to say the point of view character so the, the distinction between the view character protagonist is that we understand them both externally and internally however we do not understand the antagonistic forces Subjectively, we only understand them objectively. Does that make sense? So the writer, the writer should be depicting the antagonistic forces, but not investigating them. So that is left for the reader. That base of feeling that the reader is able to assume. So <laughs> like for example, the the is, a question.
1: Yeah, I would pass. Uh, I just that's my story that you have been talking about, yeah, and talking I just wanted to mention. Yes, I just, about just about about wanted to mention, and that this story of Madri is about a very ignorant girl who has been uh, very protected in her family, and, and she, grows she grows on, on to uh, on learn things in life.
0: In life. Uh,
1: so, uh, so that's how, uh I wanted to show the difference between her beginning and her end. That's why I started like that. Okay. Actually, um, that's
2: a story. Well, so,
1: uh, uh, I think yeah, uh, not, uh, I'm, it's I'm, different from the story. You're, you're, it's, it's not your story, I think yeah he it's my story uh, he mentioned uh, uh, the, the proposal uh, from uh, bhishma for madri no, no i think that's it's, it's no, no, another okay. one okay so, okay i'm sorry then okay. so
2: it's not, it, it's not. it's not um it's not the issue with so even even as you say like this is a, an ignorant you know, an ignorant girl who becomes less ignorant. So <laughs> what we want to do is we don't want to, so the same with like vanity or, or whatever it is. We, we, don't, we, we don't really want to take our protagonist, we want to show the protagonist's point of view. This is what our, we don't want to be, we want to be engaged as an author, essentially judging our character and depicting that. We want to try and show the character's struggle it's the struggle, their internal and external struggle, that the reader um, gets to, they get to experience the same struggle, their human struggle, through, as I say, vilitude, so they come to an outcome. This is the effect of the story.
0: Yeah, I got your point. That's the
2: central thing. that we... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, so, so. You know, so like one of the ways, like, you know, if it is you're not, it doesn't really matter. But like, so like, I, as a writer, like I say, I would not write, you know, so uh, and so, so and so was a vain princess. Yes, I can't be judging her. Yes. Right. I would instead have her doing her things, acting, right? This thing that we want from the protagonist is that they yeah. act. And yeah. they act through motivation, just like all of us do. That's the central thing to depict will bring the inner character who is only serving a role before. Now we want to make them the central character. We want the protagonist, the protagonist acts. The protagonist, I, I want to guys that non-action is also a choice and an action. So they are an actor, they're doing things and they're making choices for reasons important to them and if I can I also so I am also the central character in my own story I also do the same thing so now this is a point similarity between me and her right I just I think it's worth saying like um and this is it's for us all right if I come in and I'm judging my character Right. That um, the reader either agrees with you or feels threatened by it. Right. They're like, oh, she's vain. That's a distance. You know, I'm like, well, I'm a real person. I'm a I'm a character that gauges and and I'm and I'm struggling. I'm a you know, I'm, I'm filled with a, a zest for life. But this character is just flat just like this. I can't identify with them. But when you show her struggle, which she has, by my struggle with her struggle, I'm also struggling. Struggle is the universal element, it seems to me, and it, it, it's also this. It's this wonderful thing. This is, why I think, why point of view is so powerful. What, why it's such a powerful tool in our writing is that, like I say, we. The point of view character, the protagonist, we understand both their external struggle. We see what they're doing. Everyone else sees that too. they there primping, you know, doing all their stuff. But we also understand the motivation. So both the external and the internal. I am the same way. You see me going around, walking around the street, strutting around, you know, being all big and bad. You don't understand how... You don't understand the internal that I'm actually terribly insecure and terribly afraid. And I push people away because emotional interaction makes me scared, whatever it is. So we all are doing the same thing. We all have this externalization and we have internalization that no one knows about a secret. When we show both of those things, then me, my secret self, who's just like that, I identify with it. And I empathize with it. Now, this is what I, people have often said, you know, heard me say, what, is, what do we want to do when we write a story? We want to grab the reader by the throat, violent sounding, and not let them go. What I just I, said now about the internal and external point of view. And me having an analyzed self and an internal secret, that connection is to grab by the throat. Thank you. I got your point, it and I'll work power. on it. Yeah. Thank you. It's. I will. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I want. I want to be delicate, but what when you do, you will see that it's. An amazing experience because we'll have to do as a writer is you have to go into her humanity. And that is an amazing thing. Um just I was just reading one section. Um I think Sorella has a, a review, maybe, and uh and so <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. I don't know the Mahabharata as well as I can, but there's a charioteer who has who's been given the divine ability to you know know the story from everywhere, and uh, that's a little bit of the feeling to be the right and go into the humanity of the character. That's the imaginative capacity, and when we but but when we claim to when we claim to try to do it, this is how gobin and we just trying to do it. We don't succeed in doing it. We try to do it and we do it to the best that we can. That is our obligation. Um, so, okay, so
0: uh, what is, uh, one, one question now on uh, how do you want to do this next week? Because uh, you've uh, talked about some of the... Uh, you know, the, the higher points of uh, minor characters and, uh, you know, establishing the point of view, the conflict, and then so on. And given that you also have a substantial number of uh, of, of writing samples from these, uh, you know, uh, authors selected for the two anthologies, so how do you want to do this uh, next week? Is there anything in particular you want to tell the authors or uh, what you think you, you you want to cover next Sunday?
2: Well, I okay, great, thank you, uh, Abhinav. Um, so, I told, I totally understand how this is, but I think what I would say is maybe, I, and I and like I said, I was not. I, ever, I have not been able to look at everyone's work, but but I, I think I would like if people could say, you know, if all the authors could maybe just try and take this in. This is, I uh, was thinking about this a little bit. Okay, so I'm, I'm saying all these things, but it's sort of like trying to tell someone how to dance. You can't really tell how to dance. All you can say is listen to the music, right? So I'm, I'm maybe trying to say, take this in, see where it goes with you and maybe look at these pages to start with, the thing that the thing that we want with most, the thing that we want to begin with, are the really these two things: of interview character and understanding their external conflict and their in conflict. And what I would suggest to do that so that we know who the protagonist is, we know that they are. Sometimes things like they are the vehicle for the reader. They're the vehicle for the reader's discovery through this life process that we call story. So to establish the point of view, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. I, I often say establish setting, but now I want to revise myself. I'm always revising. Establish the setting to protect this point of view. Will, the conflict, the external conflict, by including the antagonistic, and antagonistic force, which is basically the rest of the world, an antagonistic force, so that we're clear of the conflict. Um, And try and let us into the interiority of the character so we understand internal conflict. I didn't quite get to um, some other aspects of story, but basically that internal conflict and the internal conflict can be reduced to this idea of what they want. Consciously. So if we're talking the woman who's primping herself, she wants accepted, right? So she wants to be accepted. So that's that's what she wants consciously. Subconsciously there's a greater need, should be aware of, to some degree, even if conscious need, they don't know it consciously, they're driven towards it. So it isn't, she wants to be accepted, but she needs to be, I mean, for lack of a better term, loved, um, you know, something. So we want to try and show these two things right away we can because they are the subject of the story and what happens with the story is what they want this is a this little shape is called asmus by the greeks Um, we have a reversal of these two things where what they want becomes diminished they do not get what they want in a story but if a story has a positive ending they get as the rolling stones say a need which is which is to be realized with themselves to be actualized it's a it's enlightenment in a sense um even that is a kind of rebirth because what they want is often material, but what they need is very often spiritual, and that's and that's the movement of story and and we see that movement reflected in all of these ancient stories so I, I know that they're there all the traditional stories have them job are, we're taking on the job here of trying to have this story take place with the minor characters so <clears throat> so uh, so if we can take that on i just i would love to see driving into that point of view Victor of that you're that you're treating so that, so that the reader are human that would be a great aspiration i would love to see that so
0: here's a suggestion uh we are at uh, you know we we're close to closing time now but uh uh so here's a suggestion to the people who sent in their their uh, you know their works so, uh, if you want to take uh, these points and uh, rework your sample, if you think uh, it needs reworking, if not, you know, then that's obviously also fine. But if you want to rework your sample and then send it back to Otis, uh, then perhaps next week Otis, uh, you know, you can pick up uh, some two C four, however many you're comfortable with, and use some of these concepts that you have talked about today and. Uh, and use them to illustrate, uh, you know, whether how well they have been applied or not applied, or where things could be improved, or what is, you know, coming out very well versus not. Uh, how about that? So, you know, it's both to you as well as to all the, uh, you know, all the participants. Uh,
2: yeah, Abhinav, that's a great suggestion. So, it right. I, I mean, I. <laughs> there's. Um, you know, no forcing. Okay, so just take take things in. You know, see if if that this inspires. Look at those first pages. Be like, well, maybe just try it. Th- I do this a lot. Okay, I I take the written and I just write experiment. And Sometimes, the, or you could even say, you know, uh, uh, that Otis experiment. You know, I'm gonna do it, right and just try. Not that you feel invested in. You know, that. Would, that- places right but this is just a place to open it up it would be great great suggestion if you write to me and say tell me it's a rewrite and then i'll i'll treat this one you know as the right of, a, of the older one um or and i will also then work to uh review the older pieces if i don't have a rewrite does that make does that sound good so then yeah absolutely. Then i'll be treating everybody's work
0: So it looks like we uh, we have a <clears throat> an exciting uh, Sunday coming up one week from now because I am absolutely looking forward to these pieces and the feedback because uh, uh, you know two anthologies await the result of uh, you know the refinement and improvements and edits that will follow these uh, writing sessions and obviously you know the work that Aditi and uh, Shiv Kumar will put in so. Uh, folks thank you so much for sending in your samples Otis, thank you for walking us you know through these higher points and if you can send the the you know your notes in whatever form you know pdf or whatever i will circulate them with uh, uh, you know with with these these uh, Uh, you know, with these writers writers. and uh, folks, uh, if you just hold on one sec, I'm I'm also going to share a link to a WhatsApp group that we have for these uh, open uh, house, uh, you know, it's open to anyone who's interested. So uh, we don't get too many messages on the group. So that's good given that I'm sure everyone is part of a few uh, WhatsApp groups already. And I am pasting that that link right, right. Okay, now that I've done, that, I've done uh, that, you that. can uh, copy that link. And uh, any closing words, uh, Otis, uh, before we close for today.
2: Well, I think I have to say that that is a really cute dog. Stelia uh, has this puppy. Does everyone see the puppy there? Look at eyes. Oh my. God. Yes. And uh, thank you all, thank you. I really appreciate you uh, rating me today. Um, this. To, as, as writers, these are issues that, I mean, we just, we grapple so deeply. This is really the work that we do, you know, the, the reframe story, the, our acknowledgement of choosing the protagonist versus being a protagonist and being a protagonist. There's choosing the protagonist from the point of the writer. And, and this aspect of humanity I want to come back to It's really, this is, I, I've said before, that, you know, all of us, we live with one point, of view, but when we write, we try to capture the humanity and point of view of someone else. And that is a, I think that is a noble calling to try to do that. In fact, it's a noble calling to even try to do that with ourselves to find that that that's humanity within ourselves. And so I really, I mean, I really truly admire you all for engaging in this. I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know. I kind of think it's why we're here, but I don't want to get corny about it. So thank you everyone. Thank you Otis
0: and thank you everyone. And you. we'll see you next Sunday. Bye.